Okay, welcome to Defen episode number 37 after um, I don't know, 2 months, 3 months of uh, summer break. Summer, winter, I don't know, depending on uh, where you are in. So we completely forgot what the fuck we do around here. So we we're starting again. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh in this episode, we have an amazing guest that we have been waiting for so long to have on the show because you know, at least I've been fanboying him forever, I think. Mr. Bojidar, all the way from uh, Bulgaria. Sofia, Bulgaria. <laughs> Such oh, a fanboy. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I don't stalk him physically, you know, yet. So. <laughs> you got to work on your fanboy, mate. <laughs> That's okay. At least he didn't say Russia because uh, half of the people think that uh, Bulgaria is somewhere in Russia. And, uh, often I get asked, uh, is this Sofia somewhere close to Moscow, whatever? Uh, from time to time, foreigners tell me, do you know that I speak Bulgarian and they start speaking in Russian to me, some simple stuff. Uh, I don't have anything against Russians, but uh, it's kind of uh, uh, it's kind of un- unpleasant to consider every Slav uh, a Russian. I don't think anybody will say on live, you know, we have something against Russians these days. So, you know, come on. You know. we, we, love we, we love them. We, we are very, yes, yeah. that. I'm pretty sure they'll strongly deny it. So, you know. They've, got, uh, they've got the best weapons. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, okay. I also read about them. I'm intimidated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're nerve gas, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blast. Um, I was going to tell you, actually, that I went to Bulgaria for a company I used to work for. Well, I used to run a company there, and uh, we joined forces with a Bulgarian company. And I went to Sofia. And it was in, I don't know, early 2000. Uh, and that was the first time I gave up drinking after I came back from Bulgaria. Because it was, I was so wasted. <laughs> so, so you drank for your remaining life in Bulgaria. So you didn't need to drink again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell happened there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're, your picture is there somewhere in every police station there. I'm sure of it. I mean, my passport was stamped. I did, did go, but, you know, that's, that's about that's all I know right. about it. Imagine how hard my life is having to live here all the time, having to deal with all the alcohol, the crazy partying and so on. It's tough. Yeah. It's very tough. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no, it was a good time. I, mean, I must admit, I, I, only stay, I only went into uh, Sofia, um, but the people there were really lovely, people we were working with. And the people we met there were fantastic, really good times. Um, the place was still a bit battered from the uh, the post-communist kind of crap. But I think it's, uh, as I understand it, there's been, you know, from people I know who live there now, that um, a lot of redevelopment's been going on and, you know, life is looking pretty good in Bulgaria. Do you live in Sofia, by the way, Bojida? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I live in Sofia. Um Life is life has been uh, has been getting better. It's uh, it's still not amazing. We still don't have uh, any sidewalks or roads that are presentable uh, to normal humans. But uh, that's okay. Um, really, things are way better than they 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 were ten years ago. Or God forbid, twenty years ago. The the crazy transitional years. Yeah. Mm. All right. So anyway, enough of my uh, reminiscences. 
So let's uh, let's get back to uh, what's happening in Sofia these days. So you you work for a company called Toptal or Toptal. How how do you how, how do you pronounce the name? Uh, I, I pronounce it incorrectly because uh, I don't speak English very well, but mm-hmm. I call it Toptal. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, my native English speaker colleagues are probably pronouncing it somewhat differently, but uh, it's Top Talent, shortened. Uh, basically, it's uh, an online uh, marketplace for, uh, for freelancers, uh, mostly remote workers in various industries. Okay. And, and uh, so do you do closure there, I, I'm assuming? No, no. Uh, we are uh, do, doing a lot of Ruby. <laughs> Whoa, no. Okay. Um, our, uh, our code base, uh, especially on the backend side, is uh, very Ruby-centric. Uh, we are using other technologies. We're using Elix- Elixir, Node, Python, uh, Scala, although we are trying to get rid of the Scala bits. Uh, but uh, no closure. We used to use a little bit of closure four years ago. We were using Kriman uh, in our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But uh, apart uh, apart from me and one other guy in the company, nobody mm-hmm. um, else found closure appealing. Uh, most people were complaining about it and felt that uh, it made it extremely hard to work with the infrastructure monitoring. Uh, so uh, we, we decided to abandon it um, in, in the interest of world peace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but how did you come to Clojure then? So how did you become, you know, the, the developer or chief developer cider then? Uh, what was the journey? It's, it, it's a very long story, which started uh, around 15 years ago. Whoa. Uh, okay. I was, uh, I was first worked working uh, in one company as a C developer, writing kernel drivers for Linux. Uh, The the company was building uh, a little bit of custom hardware and I was writing drivers for their uh, hardware. At the time, uh, I I was a pretty junior developer. Uh, I was still trying to decide which are the the, the tools that I enjoyed the most. Uh, I was using Vim. I'm not uh, afraid to admit it. Uh, (laughs) I I read somewhere that Emacs had better support for C programming. Uh, I decided to to, to check this out. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I switched switched from uh, Vim to Emacs at the time. And I I was just doing uh, standard um, C development for a bit. Then I changed jobs uh, and I, I went to a company where uh, many of the developers were fanatical Emacs users. Uh, this was the first place where I saw people writing their uh, own extensions, uh, uh, people enjoying Lisp and so on, because uh, the Emacs Lisp part was very frustrating for me at the beginning. I didn't understand almost at all uh, the configuration snippets that I was copy-pasting from uh, all sorts of blog posts, uh, wikis, yes. uh, and, and, and so on. But my team lead uh, in this new company was really crazy about Emacs uh, and, and Lisp. Uh, he told me that Common Lisp was the greatest programming language ever, and uh, Emacs was the greatest editor. He showed me why. 
uh, and he gave me one book to read uh, on Common Lisp. Uh, it, it was named uh, Practical Common Lisp. Really yeah. great book. Um, and uh, it, it really clicked with me. Uh, it, it made me a Lisp lover uh, for, for the rest of my life, at least from there to now. Hopefully, I'll live long and I'll love uh, Emacs uh, and uh, Lisp this uh, entire duration. Time will tell. Mm. But uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, working with Common Lisp, although there were no jobs for Common Lisp developers. Uh, uh, over the course of time, I played with uh, all other prominent Lisp dialects. Uh, and yeah, I. I, I felt that this was going to be some hobby, but um, never something material until uh, Closure was created. And uh, at the time Closure was created, I was a Java developer. So okay. uh, it, it, it felt uh, oddly uh, convenient. Hmm, a practical list dialect uh, running on the JVM. Is this finally my chance to... Uh, make some money to doing something that uh, I, I really enjoy. So, so uh, I uh, I wanted to become a professional closure developer, like so many people, I assume. And uh, I I knew that uh, we would need uh, good tools for this. Uh, in the beginning, it was really frustrating for me that uh, um, we we had to use this uh, frozen version of slime. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that, that uh, never got updated. Uh, half the functionality in Swank Closure was half baked and didn't work uh, quite uh, quite like in uh, Slime. But it was okay. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, that well versed uh, in Emacs Lisp. Uh, I I didn't know that much Closure, so I was just happy that uh, somebody. Uh, he had done uh, something useful, but uh, I was also working on other small um, Emacs projects at the time, like uh, Projectile uh, and so on. Uh, and uh, I, I got uh, more and more comfortable with uh, Emacs Lisp. I felt that I can uh, start contributing to some uh, more meaningful projects. Uh, I... Uh, I really admired uh, people like uh, Phil, aka Technomancy, who yeah. was maintaining uh, half the Emacs stuff uh, for foreclosure at the time. At some point, uh, I noticed that uh, he either uh, lost interest in uh, what he was doing with closure or, or he ran out of time. And uh, I started contributing uh, small patches here and there to closure mode. Uh, and so on. Uh, then uh, Phil started working on uh, NREPOL. He created one small prototype that he left uh, afterwards. Uh, another guy, Tim, uh, Tim King, uh, picked up Phil's prototype, uh, worked on it uh, for a couple of months. Um, NREPOL became kind of popular, but then, um, but then Tim abandoned the, the project as well. And uh, I, I was helping Tim uh, pretty much uh, since the original announcement. I, I think that there were like five contributors to mm. NREPOL or something like this. So uh, after he decided not to work on this anymore, uh, he handed uh, over uh, the, this project to me. Phil handed over closure mode to me. 
Um, and I ended up uh, maintaining them. And what was driving me was, um, um, you know, the belief that uh, I'm working on some uh, tools that I have to make great for me to really enjoy my professional closure career that was uh, right around the corner. Yeah. This uh, professional closure career, however, never happened. <laughs> I... Uh, I went to work uh, in uh, one company as something like the CTO, and uh, we had to build uh, very rapidly a few uh, web applications. Nobody on the team knew any closure. They didn't even know Ruby. So it, it was uh, it was a guarantee that uh, closure wasn't the right fit uh, there from a cultural standpoint. There I was, then I was the CTO of another company where uh, we tried closure because some people on the team were uh, really excited about it. We, we wrote a few services in closure. Then uh, we saw that two people on the entire team had any idea what to do there. Everybody else was very intimidated. <laughs> um, and, and they were just, wow, this is so complex. Uh, I don't want to touch this and be responsible uh, about the epic failure that is coming uh, as a result of my changes. So I I I was really disappointed because I felt that uh, when we were putting some superior technology in the hands of people, they would be really excited. Uh, They would jump at the opportunity to to work with this, to expand their minds, thinking... uh, Etc. But uh, I learned that most people, even very smart people, just don't care. Uh, they they uh, nice learning. Yeah, uh, they they want to get work done, uh, but don't really care much about uh, the technologies. In my entire career, I've noticed that less than ten percent of the people who I've worked with actually cared uh, about finding uh, the optimal tools. Uh, refining some stuff and the others wanted to get shit done which is yeah. which is fine uh, after all they they call it work they don't call it uh, vacation so <laughs> probably it has to be hard to, to justify the paychecks that we are getting uh, at the end of the month but uh, yeah. uh, in my previous company I had this uh, bad experience uh, and uh, at total I never campaigned uh, for for a wide adoption of uh, closure. Actually, when uh, when I quit my previous job, I had decided that this was my final Ruby gig and time transitioning to closure. At the time, I had become somewhat known because of my work for Cider and I was getting job offers all the time. So now the dream wasn't a, so something elusive. It was very tangible. But uh, then I met my uh, current CEO. He's... Uh, He's a really great guy, and he persuaded me to do one final Ruby gig, which uh, <laughs> which continued quite a, quite a long period of time. Uh, on one hand, uh, I'm uh, I'm a bit uh, bored with Ruby, having done it for uh, something like over a decade. Mm. Uh, but but on the other side, uh, we, we built. A really great company, a really great team. So, you know, what's uh, what's more important? Uh, 
I still can do closure on the site. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I ended up doing uh, way more closure because in the beginning, uh, um, site Cider Olson, Emacs Lisp only project. Uh, and then uh, I wrote a lot of middleware. Uh, then uh, we created Cider as an extraction of the common functionality from the middleware. Uh, that there is the CLGS tooling library, which is uh, pure closure. And uh, most recently, I ended up being the maintainer of NREPL, Piggyback, and Drawbridge. <laughs> so more closure code for me. Uh, so, so, so I never uh, worked with closure professionally, I guess. I never made money out of this, but uh, still I got to do a little bit of closure and... Uh, I still, I still really love Lisps. I still believe that Clojure is the most viable Lisp uh, that we've got. Um, this is our opportunity to make uh, Lisp mainstream. Mm. Uh, although I'm also realistic, uh, I doubt that uh, that there will ever be a really mainstream clo- uh, Lisp dialect, but uh, as mainstream as it can be. Let's define this for me. For, for mainstream in this context. So, um, yeah, I, I, I also feel that uh, closure is a great way to popularize my beloved editor. So for me, it's a win-win. I help make uh, the closure community a little bit better. I help make uh, Emacs a little bit uh, more known, uh, a little bit uh, more widely used. And I get... Uh, a, an opportunity to balance uh, be, between uh, the the things that be became uh, not so interesting for me mm. and, and something uh, to to keep my mind working. So com- compared to your Ruby experience, which is uh, almost over, as you said, more than ten years, when you think about Ruby and then Clojure, both language-wise and community-wise, so what what do you think? Where do you think all the differences are? Oh, the, the the differences are <laughs> epic. Uh, I I really love uh, I really love Ruby's community, and I I think it has uh, a lot of positive energy and drive that is kind of missing uh, in the closure community. Just uh, just the fact that a handful of people are running pretty much every essential project uh, in closure land. Uh, is uh, is really worrisome. Uh, also, very few groundbreaking ideas have come uh, from within the community. Uh, think things are very cathedral-like in closure, centered around uh, around Rich, uh, um, around Cognitect uh, after he joined them. Uh, which is not uh, not necessarily bad when you agree with what they're doing, but uh, it's not uh, really great uh, when you don't agree with, with uh, what they're doing, uh, with their approach to things. I, I don't know why so many, so, so few people are uh, um, active on the open source scene in uh, in closure. Maybe many people become disillusioned with the complex process uh, for contributions mm. uh, in the closure core and on all the contrib projects. Uh, maybe just the community is small compared to the Ruby community. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I, I see that many people uh, come, they submit a page or two, and then they disappear on my Ruby projects like Rubocop, uh, that there are so many committers who have been active for years and years and years. Uh, hmm. And uh, constantly you see that somebody created some great new library or came up with some crazy ideas to improve the internals of uh, uh, Ruby and so on. Uh, uh, so, so, so I'm, I'm missing this. Uh, um, it, it, it's really great in the Ruby community. On the other yeah. hand, uh, that there are also some things that are uh, pretty similar. Uh, uh, the the way that the core Ruby language is stewarded uh, has been criticized heavily yeah. in, in recent years uh, in, in the Ruby community because there hasn't been that much innovation. Uh, now, much uh, the author of uh, Ruby is more focused on uh, stability, making sure that... Uh, uh, that the users are not surprised by breaking changes and so on, that there are some grandiose uh, plans for the future for uh, Ruby 3.0, but it has been taking uh, so much time to, to develop. I hear optimistically it will end in two years, realistically in four or five. Yeah. Uh, and in the technology world, everything is happening so fast that... Uh, if you're not constantly innovating, uh, generally, you, you are just uh, forgotten, especially if you're a niche uh, language. Uh, if you're Java, if you're C, okay. <laughs> uh, you, can, uh, you can afford not to innovate, but uh, if you're fighting for relevance every day, you, yeah. you, you have to keep people uh, excited. But isn't there a dilemma? Because on, on the one hand, we need a stable language to play with. And on the other hand, if we say, hey, we need constant innovation, you know, that even because I, I've been writing Java for, for a long time, uh, and then there, there has been like a super static period in Java, and then nothing has changed, and that, that stays forever. And then in the last six months or one year, suddenly there is Java 6, Java 7, Java 8, Java 9, Java 10. Like things just move too fast now. And then there is like a finding the right spot seems to be really, really tricky because we want a stable language. We want a stable language with stable features and backward compatibility, which is, I think, Clojure people are very, or at least as Clojure developers, we are very uh, proud of. Uh, you see that every now and then. Uh, either Stuart Holloway tweeting, oh, you know, five years ago, somebody wrote Clojure code and still it runs without any changes. So that's a big uh, badge of honor for Clojure. But uh, I think that generally people, uh, for some reason, uh, associate uh, innovation with instability, and it doesn't have to be like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why should you break the APIs just because you came up with some uh, new ideas? Uh, mm. um, many of the things that uh, I consider innovation are not going to break anything. Mm. Um, so, so uh, I, I think that we should stop saying that uh, you know, uh, innovation is the arch nemesis of stability. It, it's the same with, uh, with, with Ruby, for instance. Nobody wants features to be deleted, uh, at least right now. Deprecate stuff, keep them around for five years, 10 years. Just tell people that you realize that something was a very bad idea 
Yeah. And you reconsidered it, point them mm. to a better way of doing things. I think this is great. Also, that there is so much innovation that can happen uh, uh, on the level of the internals that, that generally users ne- never see. Uh, um, mm. Ruby changed its uh, runtime several times without introducing uh, almost any breakages. Yeah. So, so and is going to do this again with the next release. So, so mm. obviously you can be innovating and uh, not uh, not breaking stuff. Uh, for fundamental changes, yeah, that they, they, they are generally a very bad idea, but uh, you can be doing uh, small incremental changes. I really like how Erlang uh, are, are doing things. They even... Uh, replaced some of the keywords in the language by just adding new keywords. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, Nothing really got broken. People got uh, more ways uh, of doing things, but there was also this disclaimer that "Mm, we realized that this was a better idea. For instance, uh, uh, non-shortcutting Boolean operators and so on. Um, That they added uh, support for UTF strings uh, after so many years of yes. uh, missing these uh, dictionaries and, and so on. Th- those are changes that uh, many people would uh, c- consider tricky and that they are tricky to, to do, do right, but they did it. They didn't break anything. Uh, things happen. A- and also with Java, I really admire what they are doing. Uh, mm. The module change was tough. It, it broke some stuff. Yeah. But generally, they, they have been evolving the language uh, uh, really in a really nice direction, uh, adding the streams APIs, uh, native lambdas, uh, um, type inference, and so on, without breaking any code. Uh, so, yeah. so, so, so they are a, a living testament that you can be innovating all the time and, and you can have as much uh, stability as you want. You just have to do it smart. Uh, don't uh, don't delete methods. Uh, uh, don't uh, change signatures in incompatible in ways. So uh, today there was a nice tweet by uh, Joe, um, the, the creator, Joe Armstrong, the creator of Erlang, uh, when he was saying, you know, when you're making changes, just add new functions, uh, modules, whatever. Don't don't break uh, the, the existing stuff. Um, but Richard said that as well, hasn't he? I mean. You know, he he has made big talks about that, saying that you know accretion and using sets, you know, using addition rather than deletion is the way to go. You know, so I think I think the the culture is very similar. I think the the interesting question to me is like what, where is the core? Um, you know, that's the problem because Lisp hasn't got much syntax, so there's not much to break really. Um, so. W- where where we because in Ruby you have the core language, then you have the SDK, then you and you have the runtime and this kind of stuff. So how would you see the separation of things in Clojure? Like where is the 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 runtime, the core, the libraries, the ecosystem? Because that's where I mean in theory Lisp should have far more innovation than than these other languages. In theory, yeah, but uh, who who wants to be writing their the libraries the themselves? Uh, and uh, for instance, one of the fundamental differences of opinions I have with Rich 
is that uh, the core library should be kept tiny. Uh, if you recall in the beginning, he didn't even want to have uh, a string namespace. Um, and um, okay, you, you can say I designed the language uh, for uh, interoperability with uh, a host platform, but even at day one, th there were two host platforms. So because there was uh, a, a really tiny core library and you had to leverage directly stuff uh, for, from the host environment all the time, you couldn't write uh, a trivial program that would run on uh, CLR and Java uh, unmodified. Uh, after the initial release, uh, obviously the focus on uh, CLR evaporated for some reason. I, I think that, that that might have been a bad uh, tactical decision because uh, it, it shrank uh, closures ma potential market in half. But yeah. uh, um, if, uh, if he was aiming to have uh, a language that, that uh, runs better on several uh, host platforms, uh, uh, without the need to be creating uh, different artifacts uh, for them, uh, that, that that would have been uh, much better. And I think that uh, when they started betting a lot on uh, closure script, they saw uh, how a very thin core library is a problem because uh, uh, that there was this huge uh, discussion that uh, went for maybe two years about adding five or six string uh, string functions more to uh, closure string uh, functions that uh, exist in java but don't exist like in javascript yeah. so that, that they made it really painful to be writing uh, portable code uh, and this can be extended to, to so many other things uh, for instance doesn't it bother you that uh, the io uh, the io namespace of closure is prefixed with java <laughs> Uh, so what is my standard closure way to deal with uh, IO? Uh, I, I can't tell you. Um, mm. um, oh, obviously, Rich has some vision how his language should be used. And uh, I respect this, but uh, I really feel that uh, if you want to gain a, a bigger exposure, uh, if, if you want to go higher, farther, uh, and, and so on, you should be organizing things in a way where it would be easy to uh, support multiple platforms uh, without uh, having to bang your head in the keyboard uh, all the time to make the things cross-platform. In the same line of reasoning, I think that uh, the addition of CLJC was very long overdue. This should have happened uh, in uh, pretty pretty early versions of uh, Clojure. Maybe now it is better designed than it would have been in the beginning. But uh, I, I think that if we had this earlier, uh, Clojure would be much stronger in the multi-platform space. Um, As a... Um... Uh, you know, the, like the principal author and the maintainer and the lead for the, I think one of the uh, the, the top used closure library or closure tooling editor editor and every IDE system. So 
did you ever ever try some other closure shit apart from emacs <laughs> to, to write closure <laughs> uh, so let me think uh, mm, i think i used cursive once yeah uh, but uh, i'm not 100% certain uh, I, I remember <laughs> that I, I meant to try it but i'm not certain whether i tried it yeah uh generally i don't uh, i don't use anything except emacs for any programming language except java yeah when i was a java developer i was using uh, intellij ideas so i am uh, i'm really fond of it uh, i don't like ideas that much but you can tell that uh, intellij idea was created by developers for developers, uh, yes. uh, unlike other uh, ideas like Eclipse. Eclipse was yeah. so painful. I, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> but um, IntelliJ was cool. And uh, when I heard about Cursive, uh, I uh, I think I played with it, but it, it was uh, a while ago. I, I have spent a lot of quality time with Colin. He's an amazing guy. So I'm certain that... Uh, Cursive is a really, really great tool and, uh, and in general, it's good that people have uh, some, some options. I really don't want people to, to force people to use CMAGs. I want them to be using CMAGs because they feel it's, uh, it, it, it's something that uh, clicks with them, uh, that mm. makes them more productive uh, and, and so on. But uh, if they do it, if they use it just because there are no other options, that's fucked up. That's not proper competition. <laughs> yes. Let's say when I first started, uh, this is one of the one of the issues I had when I first started learning closure was that I had to learn closure and I thought, okay, the true way of dealing with closure is via Emacs, so I'll learn Emacs as well. But then it's like, uh, is it the language? Is it the editor? There's too much, too many things going on in my head. So actually, it was quite nice to to be able to use IntelliJ. Because I was a Java programmer as well and a C programmer, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, so it was quite nice to be able to transition without re without learning a new tool. Um, you know, I can see the beauty of Emacs for sure, but, you know, at a certain point, you just don't want to... Uh, you have to be convinced that it's worth the investment. And uh, like you say, sometimes you just want to do something. And, you know, I wanted to learn Clojure, but I didn't want to learn something else as well. And I think that's a, that's good for people who, if you're already an Emacs user and you come to Closure, then bonus. If you're not, then you want to have a choice, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to finish my answer on the question, even though I didn't really try the other editors, uh, from time to time I would see something uh, like a tweet or a post about some interesting feature. And if something seemed like uh, worth adding to Cider, I would do it. So uh, I, I definitely kept an eye on the competition. And uh, much of the competition has been uh, extremely friendly, especially in the past two years. For instance, uh, uh, Vim uh, adopted uh, the entire Cider middleware to yeah. the power its functionality. And uh, we are working pretty closely with one of the most active uh, maintainers of the uh, VVIM support for closure programming. Uh, 
Uh, we are also working closely with uh, some of the guys working on, uh, I think, Atom. Mm. I hope that uh, I, I'm not mistaken, but uh, that they have also been providing uh, feedback on uh, on, on uh, the, the middleware, on Venrepo in general. Uh, and uh, that has been uh, pretty cool before uh, counterclockwise uh, went under its maintainer was also uh, working on adding uh, support for Cider uh, and Repo there. I think he actually released a few versions that he did, but then the project was uh, abandoned. Uh, uh, this is also the reason why uh, I started the work on Orchard uh, and to, to make it easier for more people to share the functionality that was developed for Cider because with Orchard, you can also reuse this with uh, Unrepl, with uh, PRepl, with a plain socket Repl, uh, with uh, a line-based Repl, uh, and, and, and so on. But but what is it technically? I mean, what exactly is uh, is Orchard? Orchard is uh, the core CIDR functionality as a standalone library uh, because. Um, I don't know if you've seen the architectural diagram of CIDR, but you have the client written in uh, Emacs Lisp. You yeah. have uh, the, the server, which is NREPO, written in Clojure, and you stuff a lot of extra Clojure middleware, uh, which is CIDR and REPO, in, um, in the server to provide uh, the complex functionality like uh, the debugger and so on. Uh, but uh, th there is one problem with this. Uh, um, much of the functionality inside there and repo is not in repo specific, but it, it was intermingled uh, with uh, the, the middleware stuff. Uh, and uh, so some, some people said, okay, I, I want to be using uh, this with a plain socket repo, but, but <laughs> it's not very usable like this. Uh, um, and uh, that then I said, okay, so we just uh, split Cider and Repo into two. Uh, the, the other library was named Orchard uh, as a note to Cider. You need apples uh, to brew Cider. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, now the middleware library is an extremely thin wrapper around Orchard. Uh, everything important uh, Almost everything important is in Orchard, and Cider and Repo is just uh, middleware definitions, uh, wrapping stuff uh, into and Repo messages, uh, and so on. And I think this uh, this made the potential for collaboration between tools uh, even bigger. At some point, uh, somebody started to work on. A, um, on a tool similar to CIDR, running on Unrepo, and uh, obviously they can't use Unrepo middleware with Unrepo, but they can use a library, a, a library, fuck, yeah. library <laughs> like Orchard. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, the Prepl, uh, which is coming up in one point ten, and uh, do you said you had some some thoughts about that? Um, oh. I'm really skeptical about it uh, because uh, I, I hear that uh, this 
this prepo was created uh, to make it easy to build uh, tooling for uh, closure. But I don't yeah. think that any writer of tooling was ever consulted uh, when the library was created. I, I, I think that there was a similar problem with uh, the introduction of the socket repo. I, I told um, in the very beginning to several people on Cognitex team that I'm skeptical about how the socket repo is going to work out because the socket repo by itself doesn't give you much. Uh, uh, it, it gives me it gives me one repo without um, any capabilities uh, for uh, for for the clients uh, without session multiplexing and so on. So if I want to add those uh, abilities, I have to create something like uh, a slimmed down version of an repo and stuff it to the dependencies of the users. Uh, uh, plus, I, I have to ship them some libraries for completion, for debugging, uh, and, and so on. So uh, I, I really I really don't think uh, that this solved any problems with the tooling. It solved one problem. It became easier to uh, connect uh, to a remote repo and just do some uh, simple debugging or whatever. But, but for tooling writers, I think this didn't add anything. And maybe this wasn't in the scope uh, of, uh, of the socket repo. Maybe the debug interactions uh, were the primary focus. Uh, with uh, with the socket repo, uh, another problem was that by default it uses Eden um, for the request responses, which is uh, pretty painful to handle in some editors. Uh, if for for your language uh, there are no uh, Eden libraries, uh, what exactly are you doing? And and, and this was a showstopper for Emacs for a very long time. Uh, just this year, uh, uh, Arne from Lambda Island uh, created uh, the, the, those libraries. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now this is uh, viable, but, but for a while it, it wasn't. Uh, um, but that's not necessarily an argument against it, is it? Because Eden is the lingua franca data sort of transmission model for closure. Well, it, it, it might be the lingua franca, but uh, if you cannot get uh, the clients to communicate in this uh, lingua franca, it's probably not really, <laughs> it's probably not it. Uh, it's not lingua franca. Maybe it's lingua something else. Lingua, lingua desirable. <laughs> uh, the, the fact that you call something something, that doesn't make it, uh, doesn't make it true. <laughs> Uh, before the World Cup, everything was saying that Brazil are the greatest uh, team in the world and that uh, Germany are going to be the strongest competitor in, in the tournament, but it didn't, uh, it didn't play out exactly like this. So marketing is one thing, reality. <laughs> But but as as a tool author, I mean, as one of the prominent tool author, or even you know one of the biggest. Uh, 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 reach that uh, that closure has in terms of IDEs is, is cider, right? So as as a as a person who is leading that effort, what what do you miss from 
from the language from the from the core library or from the core team uh, from from the core team uh, i i miss mostly support on, on some things that uh, would help us provide better features uh, i can give you a very concrete example def records do not have uh, location metadata for some reason uh, so because they don't have it uh, Uh, something like CIDR cannot provide you the ability to click, yeah, click uh, on the usage of yeah. a record and go to the definition. Yeah. I filed a ticket for this five or six years ago uh, and uh, um, so somebody uh, supplied a patch for this right away, but it wasn't merged for so many years. Uh, it was pushed back uh, one version, two versions, Alex Miller mentioned that probably it's going to be merged in uh, 1.10, but that's the same patch and modified, I believe, since the very beginning. Wow. It has just been uh, rebased, rebased, rebased. Uh, um, and uh, the, the, there were a few other tickets uh, that, that uh, you know, we, we found some uh, so, so bugs uh, or, or some discrepancies and so on and uh, they were completely ignored and you, you can ask me why don't you fix those yourself because I see how you create the patches yes. and they linger for four years uh, mm. I don't want to waste my time mm. uh, I remember how much we discussed those six string functions uh, With, with Alex, <laughs> with Rich, with Stu, for yeah. six simple string functions, uh, which I believe almost everybody uh, agreed were a decent uh, mm -hmm. addition to the language. It's it just very hard to be making some, so some changes that seem uh, really clear cut to me. Uh, I, I also deeply and profoundly despise working with the Java code base of uh, Clojure because it's extremely inconsistent. Uh, yes. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> so many people suggested just, um, you know, doing one... Format commit. Yes. One format commit. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Rich is very against this because he believes that this is going to make uh, a lot of patches harder to merge. But at the pace we are merging patches, uh, <laughs> it should be okay. I, I, I think that uh, that's a marginal uh, concern. But it, it, it's it's really it's really hard to be collaborating with uh, the, the the core team. That's my pain. They they don't solicit uh, feedback on uh, functionality that's touching on the tooling. Uh, I, I learned uh, about Pirepo. Uh, from uh, the, the commit message. Uh, yeah. no, nobody, nobody asked uh, how they can uh, help us provide uh, better uh, error information uh, or, or how, how to simplify building a debugger, uh, how to simplify the integration between uh, Clojure and Repo. That's uh, that, that's really painful. It's like uh, they 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 don't care about uh, the tooling at all. It's some afterthought. It's something that's going to sort out uh, by itself. And and then you see in uh, languages like uh, Elm, like Elixir, yeah. people are going through 
uh, to, to great lengths to facilitate easier creation uh, of tools for the developers. Uh, if I were uh, if I were running Cognitect, I'd certainly invest a little bit uh, into empowering the, the two writers because obviously this is going to bring them more clients uh, in, in the end of the day. Um, yeah. I think that in general, a strategic mistake uh, that has been made so far is underestimating uh, the, the development tooling, no, not working uh, closely enough with the developers to improve their experience. Recently, there have been some steps in this direction to two depths, uh, most notably. Yeah. But uh, I, I think this could have happened uh, um, earlier. Um, apart from this, I don't really need them to create uh, new libraries uh, mm. and, and stuff like this. I, I want them just to have uh, uh, the, the, the things that we are using, working properly, maybe get some input uh, on a feature or two, because the way they created the socket triple, I don't see us uh, ever uh, using this. Uh, Mm-hmm. And I feel that uh, the same thing is going to happen with uh, uh, P- PREPA also. Yeah, something that came to mind, uh, closure test could have had a much uh, better way to integrate with external tools. And maybe closure could have shipped a standard protocol that all testing libraries could implement. Uh, so... Uh, it's easier for two writers to provide test runners just by relying on this uh, common protocol. Now we call closure test the, the common protocol, but it's a very basic protocol. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can go into <laughs> many details, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. probably we should rather focus on other topics. I heard just a one quick note on that. I heard from uh, from Alex on a, another podcast that spec might actually be coming out of alpha um, once they finish the testing story. So maybe maybe that that would be quite nice if um, if if you had spec there. Would that be has spec made any difference to you actually as a tooling like provider? And no, does, no. That... I, I, the only use I. The only time I used spec was to create some basic support for it insider. Uh, I I think it adds some value, but I think that uh, the value is greatly I- exaggerated. Uh, after all, this has been something known for what twenty years, and uh, it, it didn't really become uh, mainstream. I myself uh, uh, feel that. If I invest a lot of time annotating stuff, and uh, if I end up with uh, significantly harder to comprehend uh, error messages in the end of the day, I didn't really improve my life that that much. Uh, I I could have just used some statically typed language uh, or uh, something like this. um, a lot of uh, value is being put on the auto-generated tests, but I, I almost uh, he had no instances in my career where we had some major problems because somebody didn't uh, test about the right boundaries. Obviously, things like this happen, but with practice, 
you make such mistakes uh, uh, rather rarely. So th- this was solving a problem that I didn't really feel I had. And uh, I think that many other people felt the, the same uh, often um, the the stewards of a language solve some problems that they, they might perceive that are not really perceived by everybody else. I, I think that uh, prismatic schema, for instance, solved much of this problem uh, the, the themselves. And also when you stuff something in the language, uh, like uh, with P-REPO, like with the socket repo, once uh, you are constrained by the, the backward compatibility, and uh, two, which is much worse, you are constrained by the slow release cycles uh, of the language. So, don't you think that they're trying to? Another, like we talked about a while ago about having like this innovation stability thing. Isn't spec there? Like they're trying to spec now the core functions and the core libraries, and that will prevent regression and stuff like that. So overall, there may be some, like you said, maybe it's a benefit just to them. But but in the end, it could be good for everyone if if they make fewer mistakes or they rationalize some of the usage that's been occurring on their, uh, on their libraries. I think there was one problem with namespace where require without a colon, for instance, was uh, was removed. And this was this was acceptable before, but it's not acceptable now. That kind of thing. And it's going to help to some extent, but really, if it found one problem, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving an example. Yeah. So, so um, almost all mainstream languages have just unit test, tests, and it seems to work pretty well in in practice. Uh, so, so, so the real question you should be asking yourself is, does Clojure have uh, good unit tests? I can tell you it doesn't. And I have seen many, many times, uh, especially in the early days, Bridge committing some stuff without explanations, without unit tests. Uh, um, for, uh, for, for all of uh, his brilliance, from time to time, uh, he, he does a lot of repo-driven development. Uh, I guess he just <laughs> verifies uh, a few inputs in the repo and, uh, okay, that, that, that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah, he has some comments at the bottom of his code showing how the repo works. That's enough, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, so, so I, I, I really... I'm joking about that, but it does seem that's the way, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the other thing about the, their libraries, I, I think they have a significantly bigger issue than uh, uh, the, the lack of test coverage. Uh, half of their developers, uh, the uh, libraries in Contrib uh, are effectively unmaintained. The mm. others have uh, like one maintainer and five commits per year. Uh, you, you can uh, market this as stability, but also when, when you see about the uh, many bugs uh, that that reported and unfixed in core async, uh, uh, you, you can think that, that that's a full forgotten project, uh, that they have this tendency to start some things uh, and uh, switch to, to, to something else. Uh, one of the services we used in my previous company that was written in Clojure, 
relied heavily on core racing. I think that uh, uh, one of the devs on our team reported like seven real bugs in core racing and none mm-hmm. of them were fixed. And in general, core racing doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't get uh, much love. Uh, I- I'm afraid that uh, everything that goes into Contrib eventually or, uh, or the core at some point uh, gets uh, forgotten, the focus switches to something else. For instance, have you heard anything uh, new about reducers recently? There were a big feature back in the day. Um, uh, popular libraries like Tool Namespace, this 0.3 alpha is probably going to haunt us uh, forever. Uh, closure class path, a very simple library, took forever to be updated uh, after it was broken by Java 9. Hmm. And, and, and if this was uh, a Ruby project or maybe just a closure project uh, living in uh, GitHub, I can tell you that, uh, uh, that the breakages for the serious things would be fixed in the, in matter of hours. Mm. Uh, maybe it's some different mentality. Um, th- that's also a general problem of closure. Uh, the last bug fix release of closure that I remember was uh, 1.5.1, uh, and before this, there was just one more. Uh, there are many bugs that could be fixed in the scope of the current major release, and this simply is never done. Uh, when I was speaking with uh, friends who are working professionally with Clojure, virtually everybody told me in production we are running a heavily patched version of Clojure because the patches are there in um, in Jira. We need yes. them. <laughs> Um, no, nobody is issuing uh, those bug fix uh, releases for us. So, so, so that's something that we have to handle uh, ourselves. Um, that's horrible. Yeah. So, so, so uh, I, I don't really care about uh, spec because I have real problems to care about. Uh, I, I, I want to see. Um, you know, the, the actual issues stuck out uh, and, and then they can uh, uh, ship as many helper tools uh, as they want. But for me, spec is something uh, kind of useful, but, but it's not essential. And I would trade it gladly for uh, many, many other I- improvements that mm. I would really benefit from. And I, I think others would benefit from as well. Do you have any idea? I mean, I must admit, I have no idea why we have uh, or why the core team has this aversion to releasing code um, outside of major releases. Do you have, have you ever heard any ideas why that might be? Because it does seem very strange. Every year we get a big drop and then nothing. I think it's because uh, most of their clients weren't happy to do upgrades often. Um, but I, I, I'm not certain. I, I just heard this a, a few times. Might be something uh, relate. Might be something true to this. Uh, might might be just uh, a, a rumor. 
But from what I gathered, this was mostly related to how uh, Cognitect uh, works with their clients. So on the on a different note, uh, so what do you enjoy about Closure apart from all this uh, magical stuff that uh, you know? <laughs> the, I I can I can imagine how painful this is, and what my worry is is like you know one of the major major um, contributors, not just contributors, but also you are responsible for you know most of the developers getting into closure and then using cider you know like their daily bread is essentially using cider you know every day they open emacs and then they write code and if your frustrations are getting to a point where you'll be like oh fuck it you know i'm done with this shit then that's going to be even bigger loss because from 2014 or even before that every year we see the survey and then cider comes as the top tool that everybody uses to to write closure code so what are the positive sides do you think that you know that, that that makes you like closure or enjoy closure a bit oh it's a lisp and it's the only viable <laughs> lisp uh, so uh, frankly speaking uh, that's it uh, the, the moment something uh, the moment somebody creates uh, some, something i consider more viable yeah. maybe i'm done <laughs> because my my loyalty Shit. is not to closure <laughs> My loyalty is to Lisp, uh, and uh, r- right now th- this is uh, the, the the strongest Lisp we've got. If yeah. there is something better, uh, I-, I-, I would be happy to move on. I think that uh, Closure got uh, a-, a lot of things uh, right in the early days. Uh, I-, I really enjoyed, for instance, uh, using more literals uh, for for the, the various collection types. Uh, promoting things like uh, when let, uh, if let, and so on, uh, uh, trading. Uh, yeah, macros, yeah. You know, the, 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 there were some really cool things, but uh, um, the, mm. the, the the types, records, and, and so on. But uh, what bothers me is that almost everything I love about Closure or Everything that I considered uh, an evolution uh, compared to the previous dialects happened in the first three releases or something like this. And uh, ever since, uh, there hasn't been anything that much to to get me excited about. Reducers, they were like, blah, transducers, uh, uh, maybe a I was a bit more excited about them, but still nothing major. CLJC and um, the the true portability aspect, this was something that uh, really got me excited because I think that longer term, uh, uh, JavaScript is going to generate more growth uh, for closure than, uh, than Java. Yes, yeah. uh, the market space for uh, server-side languages is really crowded. Mm-hmm. And... and I guess the same applies these days to the front end, but uh, on the front end, Closure Script doesn't have uh, as strong competitors as Closure has uh, on the back end. For instance, there is no client site Elixir or something like this. Yeah, but they're catching up, right? Every every major language now has, uh, or at least they're coming up with some sort of JavaScript side of it. Uh, Scala has Scala.js and Haskell has at least multiple uh, implementations that they're trying to do. 
and even on the javascript side you have typescript and then reason ml you know these these things coming from functional side mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah the the that's why i said that it's getting crowded there as well but closure yeah. script is really close to closure uh, yes. which uh, which is not the case for many of the other dialects for instance yes. uh, there is a ruby for uh, that compiles down to javascript but mm-hmm. the differences there are quite significant uh, yeah. um so 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 also closure script is maintained by the same people who maintain closure yes. at least <laughs> on paper yeah. but maybe it's, maybe it's going back to what you said about being a lisper um what what if anything would you say like with common lisp um you would like to see brought into closure because I, i remember You know, one of the things that I've seen in libraries are things like the um, error handling, so you can do sort of stack unwinding and things like this. this. These seem really, I mean, maybe it's just a problem with the host, but these seem quite interesting features of, of common Lisp that we don't yet have in Clojure. And I'm, I'm not a proper common Lisper. I knew Scheme and I, I did a little bit of that, but I can't really claim to be a proper Lisper. So I was just wondering, given your greater insight, what you would think would be kind of things that you would like to see over here? Mm, no, I, I'd certainly love to see the common Lisp uh, error handling. <clears throat> I obviously mm, I, I enjoyed also the uniformity of common Lisp. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, shilling out to the host all the time. Uh, uh, it, it just disturbs my sense of... Uh, aesthetics i can live with this but uh, as i mentioned earlier uh, if it were my show i would have uh, wrapped in the core uh, everything essential um so so we would have a few of those uh, uh the dis- distractions and for me it's some mental overhead every time i i see some uh, host uh, invocation I'm like hmm uh That that looks uh, different. Uh, why is it done like this? Um, we don't have the appropriate data structure. We cannot uh, manipulate it properly, and 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 so on. Um, I I think it's something that we can easily dispense with. Uh, um, I really like the integrated debugger in Common Lisp. I think that this was uh, uh, amazing. I guess it ties uh, to the error handling because you get an error. And you can start debugging it uh, uh, right away. I, I liked uh, a lot the concept of images that you can save the state of your application and resume the application. Uh, uh, I guess that's not doable with Java, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But uh, it, it was uh, it was really amazing uh, with um, with with Common Lisp. Uh, I like the 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 macros uh, they they're better obviously you could do more with uh, common list macros but in general I agree that doing this type of uh, magic is probably a, a better idea uh, but, but there are there were also many things about common list that I disliked so but it's still on a positive note so you know it's okay <laughs> Uh, but I, I think that uh, um, if uh, Clojure uh, managed to get uh, 
one thing right that, that Kamal Lisp didn't manage to get, this was the uniformity of the language. Closure is significantly more consistent. Kamal uh, uh, Lisp uh, cuts around so much legacy when you see the file system API. It's crazy. It's a support for some antiquated uh, file systems from a billion years ago. <laughs> and that's, that's not fun. Uh, so so uh, when you start anew, you get this opportunity to shed a, a, a lot of uh, legacy and uh, closure uh, really, really excelled, uh, excelled there. Mm. So the, for for the cider thing, uh, before we started recording, you we, we were just discussing because you're now finishing almost finishing the project with um, uh, closure is together. Uh, so can you can you give us some idea about uh, your experience with it? Because this has been a really nice initiative, in my opinion, to 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 you know support the people who are building amazing stuff in the community, uh, given the you know the lack of uh, the things all we discussed already. Uh, so how how is how is your experience with closures together and and what did you uh, how did you utilize that time? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I have to I have to tell you that uh, Daniel is uh, really amazing. Uh, first of all, the the idea is great, but uh, what uh, what's amazing is that he forced me to do this uh, <laughs> in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know it. it Unfortunately, very few companies are supporting closures together, so uh, this, this cannot fund uh, e e enough work. Uh, if just one or two people were working full time on closure tooling for one year, oh, I can I can tell you that uh, two three years from now we would have tools that are ten times better. Um, but but uh, as I've mentioned on several uh, conference talks, companies are extremely short-sighted and they, they, they don't see uh, <laughs> how they can uh, empower themselves. Uh, yeah. So um, Daniel uh, pushed me to accept a commitment which would make me do a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, I, I did significantly more work uh, that I would normally do for such a small contract, yeah. just, just because uh, I, I really love uh, the, the community. I, I might have uh, my uh, my disagreements with the, the way Cognitech runs the show, but I really love the people in the Closure community. They are uh, the, the thing that drives me and... Uh, Make, makes me continuously invest and invest and invest into be building uh, those things because I think that those great people deserve uh, some some nice tools with which that they should uh, do their job. Mm -hmm. uh, Closure is together helped uh, push me to work on some things that I postponed for a very very long time, uh, like uh, the the rework of the connections. Uh, API, this is going to be brand new in 0 0.18, uh, restructuring uh, heavily the, the code base internally, uh, pouring a lot of efforts into, um, into polishing Orchard, uh, and probably most importantly, completing uh, the migration of NREPL out of uh, Closure Contrib. 
I think that Ten Repel is the first project to go to Contrip and oh, to no, decide no. to leave Contrip. <laughs> And uh, I think that uh, for the betterment of the closure community, a lot of other projects should leave uh, Contrip and the heavy restraints that it uh, puts on the development. Uh, um, a, a lot of good things uh, should happen with NREPL uh, once uh, the, the new version uh, be- becomes the default uh, everywhere. Uh, I have uh, already upgraded uh, uh, Reply or Reply or however people uh, read it. I have sent pull requests to, to Boot, to Line Indian. Uh, hmm. um, we, we have created on the site a Line Indian plugin that allows you to run the new NREPL server. Uh, I, I have uh, created a snapshot release of Ciders middleware. That, that works with the new NREPL server and they'll do the same with piggyback. Uh, Drawbridge has been upgraded for, for the new NREPL server. I, I want to be done with, with yeah. those upgrades so, so, so we can focus on uh, improving uh, the NREPL's internals and, and making it a much stronger foundation for closure tooling because I can tell you one edge that... that uh, and REPL is uh, forever going to have over P-REPL and uh, the, the socket REPL. It is owned by the community and yeah. it, it, it can uh, advance at, at a pace that uh, can never be matched by something uh, shipped with closure. So uh, if uh, P-REPL is shipped today, I find three bugs that make it, make it unusable insider. Uh, I have to wait between one year and uh, seven, ten years uh, for, for, for those bugs to be fixed. Uh, but, but with 10 repo, things are happening uh, much faster. Also, the community has invested tremendous energy in building uh, repo middlewares. We, we know that this model works well, and especially uh, after closure uh, 1.7, it has become uh, much easier to support properly closure script uh, with um, with end repo uh, uh, Bruce uh, uh, of uh, Figwheel fame uh, they yeah. did a lot of uh, great work with piggyback recently now it's uh, so much faster and more robust than, than it used to be um, so, so so do you need really something new here or, or, or you can just uh, keep improving the, the tools you've got. Uh, mm. I, I continue to believe that NREPO is the most convenient API to to work uh, on closure tooling. Uh, I also think that NREPO can at some point uh, just uh, be put under a uh, uh, language server protocol implementation for closure and, and mm. you are done. Uh, uh, you you create this server which internally just spins an end repo, translates a few requests and, and, and this is priceless. Uh, mm. For the tools who, which can speak end uh, repo directly, that there can be some benefits. For the others, you know, everything is here for you and it is free unless uh, unless you decide to take some radical, radically different approach based on static analysis 
which I don't think uh, sits well with uh, with the Lisp mindset traditions. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Cool. So uh, I think we are uh, almost one hour twenty minutes. That's pretty good. I think we are almost. Uh, we covered most of the topics that we wanted to cover, right? Or did we miss anything? There was just one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Actually, was the uh, was the style guide because um, it's quite nice that, like you say, you know, you're um, you've done a lot of development in Clojure, and then you you've taken the style guide approach. So, how is that going? I mean, I've, I've not I kind of like follow you on GitHub, and it seems like again that keeps getting contributions and. Things keep keep on getting updated. It's a quite a it, you know it's it's not a huge volume website, but it seems like there's still enough uh, interest in it. Yeah, um, I I think that uh, every language should uh, have some style guide uh, because this uh, <laughs> the, this eliminates a lot of uh, pointless conversations. Should we do it like this, like this, like this? Uh, I um. I'm a big believer that we should focus on essential things uh, and not uh, on whether something should be indented with one space, two spaces, uh, and blah, blah, blah. What about tabs, though? Spaces <laughs> Death to all the tabs. Uh, exactly. But, uh, as long as good job we're focusing on the important things. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping, you know, Apple is going to release a new new keyboard that the tab is a part of the touch bar then the fucking is it just disappears completely <laughs> oh uh, fuck it, tabs. It, it's still useful for indentation and completion and it looks <laughs> kind of nice i'm a very big keyboard fan uh, that's oh, the yeah, thing yeah. i love uh, the most after emacs i guess yes and uh, i have uh, a really nice collection i cannot type on laptops it's horrible <laughs> But did you did you did you remap your control key or how do you how do you use it? Uh, so uh, I have remapped my uh, caps key to control, and yeah, I also yeah. remapped my return key to control. So I have a perfect oh, symmetry okay. when I'm typing. That's interesting because I only remap uh, caps key, and then every time somebody else uses my keyboard or Mac, you know, they just get confused a lot. <laughs> That's. That's uh, that's on them. Uh, that's a security <laughs> feature. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I, I really like uh, having mirrored controls, uh, mm. and I don't like them on the bottom. It's not like I cannot uh, cannot type like this, but I prefer them to be closer at hand. Yeah. I, I, I do a lot of remappings. For instance, in Emacs, I use um, the command keys heavily. To have to press uh, control fewer times, experimented, yeah. experimented with the space bar and so on. Typing yeah. uh, is one of my small obsessions. In yeah. in the past, I was participating in typing competitions and oh. shit like this <laughs> uh, because I, I believe that you cannot be a great developer if you're not amazing uh, at touch typing. I agree. Uh, yeah. Then again, uh, now I think that we spend significantly more time thinking, thinking about our <laughs> ideas and then typing them. But still, it's very useful to, to be able to type fast. Yeah, I mean, even even if you think, because in in my mind, it's like the the gap between putting the code. 
to the computer and then thinking that that you know even slims down because you're telling computer in a really fast way to do what what you want to do i mean i see some people hunk and you know like like uh, hunt and peck you know sort of uh, things and they're really great programmers but i get really <laughs> annoyed by when they're looking for the keys so uh it's it's frustrating but i haven't yes. forgotten the, the about the style guides yeah 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 of course <laughs> i have this uh, finger at uh, if there is a lingering question i have to answer it uh, uh otherwise uh, i i don't feel good so what is your credit card number uh, let's leave it let's leave it there and then let's continue <laughs> Uh, so um, I, I think that something like this should ideally be promoted by Cognitech themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it should be one of the articles uh, on uh, Closure.org or so, 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 something like this. Um, I, I, I really am glad that uh, most of the people uh, agree that uh, uh, the, the points outlined there are really community style, not somebody's uh, personal style. Uh, that the, there is always uh, an opportunity for improvement. Recently, I was reading uh, uh, the advice by uh, Stuart Sierra about uh, namespace structuring, and you know, yeah, that that's all some very sound advice that should go to the style guide as well. So uh, it, it keeps on growing. Uh, I also wanted to publish this as a small website, so it's a bit prettier, but who has time for uh, everything uh, they want to do? And uh, most importantly, when I read the uh, wrote the initial version, this was just a precursor to writing uh, Linter. For, oh. for it, uh, Linters are another of my small um, obsessions. Uh, in uh, in the Ruby world, I wrote one for Ruby itself, for Ruby uh, on Rails as well, uh, and, and I, I wanted to do the same for Closure because I felt that uh, what we had uh, was uh, pretty immature. Eastwood and Kibit are nice tools, but uh, they're very buggy. <laughs> Everybody knows this that, that they are not uh, maintained uh, very actively. So I wanted to work on or something else, but I ended up working on so many other things uh, that uh, the linter never actually happened. And the the fact that I was thinking about this maybe seven or eight years ago, and uh, still nobody has created um, a, a, a proper linter, maybe Joker to some extent, but it's not the type of uh, linting that uh, I, I, I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, illustrates uh, the, the point I made about too many people, uh, too few people uh, being involved with uh, the tooling aspect of, um, mm-hmm. of closure, the, the bus factor of the entire uh, tooling ecosystem of closure is around 10, 20 yeah. uh, for, for a popular language like closure. This, uh, this seems crazy to me. Yeah. What, in terms of style guides, do you think spec is going to change the kind of way that you do things in the style guide? Maybe, maybe, but uh, I, I really have to spend more time with spec. Uh, uh, honestly, I'm avoiding uh, spec uh, until somebody tells me that this is uh, stable because 
Um, I, I'm way too busy to be wasting my time with uh, Dot Alpha, whatever. If yeah. it's another library they're going to abandon in two years, uh, I, 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 I'd yeah. rather wait a little bit. Yeah, well, it's been in Alpha quite a while, so I think you were right to wait. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's ever going to get out of Alpha, so it will be. It will be nice to uh, that. Will be nice to see so that. Yeah, everyone can move the fuck on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I saw some uh, interesting tweet uh, by Stuart Howey and some link to a ticket uh, in um, in Jira where uh, the, the, there was some discussion about significantly improved uh, messages, both uh, stack traces and uh, from spec in 1.10. I don't know whether... Uh, this is actually going to happen or is going to be a conversation for the next five years. But uh, it, it's really encouraging that uh, uh, at Cognitech uh, that, that they are paying attention to this problem. If they solve it, uh, SPEC might become uh, um, a, a much bigger player in the closure ecosystem. But uh, still, in a way, it feels to me anti-Lispy, <laughs> annotating stuff, uh, adding uh, complexity. It, it, it also contradicts many of the things that Rich has said uh, over the years. I think also this is the reason why core type never took off. Uh, um, for, for many simple libraries, uh, simple services, uh, you might spend more time working on uh, the, the spec annotations than on the code itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and until it's really made simple and easy, uh, I, I don't think uh, it's going to be big in closure. Right, okay. <laughs> so, I think uh, we can wrap the episode now, I think. I think we covered most of the topics that you want to cover, and and Bajidar, I mean, thanks a lot for uh, for taking your time and then you know spending uh, Sunday evening with us. Um, obviously, I mean, I'm pretty sure at least ninety percent of the closure community is extremely thankful for what you're doing, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's uh, you know probably the every closure developer is running your code, apart from you know people who are uh, too too stupid to use Emacs. But anyway. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I, I offended everybody now. Um, but that's our goal. Um, no, but I think, like you said, was it, uh, Bujadar, that um, there's a good community of editing people. So, you know, and yeah. I, I don't use your code, but I enjoy your talks and I always enjoy um, the innovations that you're making over there. And, and I think competition is very healthy. And I think your insights into the way that closures should be developed are absolutely spot on. Um, and I think having a voice like yours that is very rational and very amusing as well is engaging and is, you know, very, very persuasive. And let's hope that people are actually out there listening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I can hope so. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't care that, that much just about... Uh, Sasider, uh, I, I would be the happiest person if I don't have to work on this and somebody else <laughs> creates uh, a, a amazing tooling. What I want to say 
uh, it, it's a, a community which is healthy, um, a, a community in which uh, great things are happening, uh, a, a community in which more people are contributing to the tooling. So I can go back to writing uh, toy closure applications and having <laughs> fun yeah. instead of thinking uh, how to please everyone and uh, not break <laughs> shit uh, while uh, do doing so. Because um, I, I think that uh, many of the things that we end up doing in the open source community, we end up doing out of uh, necessity. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I was uh, going to make some deep and profound point, but I forgot about it. So, so I would. Uh... <laughs> then you have to come back for another episode, and then that 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 episode should end with the <laughs> deep and profound. Yeah, statement. But, uh, I, I would like uh, to invite everybody listening uh, to to join me and the other people working uh, on closure tooling. So. so we, we can build uh, so something better for all of you together. I, I, I think that uh, uh, we, we should raise the, the profile of this issue, try, try to get a, a few more people involved, and uh, that then closure would be a much, much more pleasant language to work with because... Uh, if uh, if Java can be made pleasant, <laughs> yeah, imagine can imagine what uh, can we can be done uh, with a language like Clojure. <laughs> that that's a fair comment, I think. That, that's that's a deep and profound thing. Yes, you know, I agree. Anyway, so uh, I think that's it uh, from our side for episode number thirty-seven. I think this is like a natural next season of uh, Defen episodes. Um, Started with uh, with a bang, I think. Uh, we are very excited to have you on this uh, on this podcast, and uh, hopefully, you know, more and more people will will understand the difficulties, and then you know that the tooling will only get better. Of course, I mean it's amazing already. Uh, I, I'm not an Elisp guy, so I don't understand much of the code that is running uh, inside Cider, but maybe I mean, one. The, the Elisp uh, is beautiful. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, but you know. I, I'm not that good with that stuff because I, I only do some customizations with Emacs myself and that's pretty much my my level. I, I just stop there. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see more and more people contributing to to tools and, yeah, these these difficulties. We are, we are, we are, we are talking in most of the episodes about these things again and again. So uh, we'll, we'll get rich at some point, I think. I mean, like... We don't get rich writing closure, but hopefully we'll get rich Icky on the on the podcast, <laughs> and then maybe I think we'll be able to ask uh, some questions and then get uh, get his opinion on that as well. Um, thanks for all your work, and uh, we hope that there is no there is not going to be another list that is going to steal you away from amazing closure <laughs> community. <laughs> that so fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed, and that's it from us. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Absolutely fantastic. Cheers.
that it would be nice to be discussing all of this with beers or proper British yeah, cider. I'm still drinking again, so you know, <laughs> I can have a zero alcohol one with you. Fine by me.